coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. And suffice to say, it's been an eventful Wednesday in the city of Atlanta. Good afternoon. I'm Ron Roberts, your host on The Ron Show and the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com. Thank you for listening. This show also podcast on all the major podcast platforms. We have the links at ronshowatl.com. So it was a little afternoon today that we learned of a multiple person shooting happening in and around the 1100 block of West Peachtree Street in Midtown Atlanta. That turned out to be Northside Hospital, where a 24-year-old man, Dion Patterson, allegedly opened fire on... So far, we know of four injuries, one fatality, and at this time, as of the recording of this show, which is happening at 4 p.m. Eastern, Mr. Patterson is still on the loose. Huge swath of Midtown Atlanta remained on lockdown for about two and a half hours once word got out that the shooting had taken place. Mr. Patterson's whereabouts remain, again, at this point, still unknown. I have friends that live in the Smyrna area that tell me that police cruisers are wandering residential subdivisions, asking residents to stay indoors. There is discussion of a carjacking having taken place in Midtown, in the Spring and William Street area near Northside Hospital that led authorities in that area of Cobb County to suspect that the 24-year-old Dion Patterson may have fled with that stolen vehicle to the Smyrna Vinings area. Again, this is all coming to us in real time as I record today's show at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So by the time you hear this, some of this may have changed in the course of putting today's show together. I will let you know if if there are new developments, you'll just get them in a delayed manner, unfortunately, because we don't do this show live. Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens and APD Chief Darren Sheerbaum spoke to the media earlier this afternoon. Here's some of that. At the scene of a deadly situation, I'm thankful for Atlanta Police Department and other law enforcement agencies for their engagement uh, on this situation. I've spoken to the governor, to our congressional delegation of senators and uh, congresspeople, as well as my office has been in touch with the White House. And as soon as possible, I'll be in touch with the families of the victims that are here. Um, As you know, one is deceased and four are fighting for their lives at Grady Hospital, and we're prayerful that they pull through. And as soon as possible, I will reach out to them and to their families. Uh, All are women. And uh, I am also uh, making sure that you know that we are dealing with someone that is armed and dangerous. Uh, This is a deadly situation. This individual um, has just indeed conducted an act that we want to make sure that you know that if you see him, do not approach, but you are to call 911. Um, We are also uh, making sure that you know that law enforcement agencies across this region are working together 
um, law enforcement agencies of Fulton County, of the city of Atlanta, of Cobb County, of our college campuses, our Atlanta Public Schools PD, uh, a number of agencies are working in a consorted effort, a concerted effort to work and to bring this suspect in um, and to make sure that we are all safe in the process. And so um, I ask that again, if you see the individual that you have seen his face, you've seen his photo and his clothing, please do not approach, but do call 911. Um, so now uh, I am very confident that the men and women of the Atlanta Police Department and the other local agencies are well trained uh, to make sure uh, that we bring this individual to justice for situations just like this. So now I'll turn it over to Chief Sherbaum to give you all the specific details about this issue, this uh, incident and to let you know our pathway forward. Chief. Thank you, Mayor. Appreciate it. First of all, the Atlanta Police Department wants to extend its condolences uh, for all members of the Atlanta Police Department, those that lost their lives today, and we are working digitally, digitally to bring this individual uh, into custody. We are looking for Dion Patterson, age 24 years of age, which we have given you his photo, and this is a very active search. Uh, we are following up on credible leads that are currently active in Cobb County, as well as some that are right here in the city. Uh, we have been joined by multiple jurisdictions. We have the Sheriff of Fulton County that is here right now, uh, that's been working alongside our department, Georgia's Tech PD, Georgia State University PD, MARTA PD, the Georgia State Patrol, the GBI, the FBI, the Secret Service, uh, as well as, as the Atlanta Public uh, Schools Police are all actively involved searching as we speak for Mr. Patterson. And here's what we know. We'll be able to give you some information and others will be de delivered as this investigation continues. At 12.08 this afternoon, we were called just down the street to 1110 West Peachtree. This is a medical facility uh, the Northside Hospital that is at that location. This shooting did occur inside the waiting room of that medical facility uh, where five individuals were shot. Unfortunately, a, a 39-year-old female has lost her life. And of, of those that are injured is a 71-year-old female, a 56-year-old female, a 39-year-old female, and then a 25-year-old female. We do know that Patterson, Mr. Patterson, our suspect, left the building. Uh, we believe he carjacked a vehicle a short distance away and was able to flee the scene as the law enforcement agencies were des descending on this area. And we believe he has left the area. Uh, he may not still be in that vehicle. So I don't ever want to be focused on the vehicle which has, has been recovered. Uh, so the photograph that has been distributed uh, for your viewers, your listeners, to be very mindful of that photograph. If you see this individual who may or may not still be in the same hoodie, please call 911 right away or use Crime Stoppers to be able to provide an anonymous tip to where he may be. As the mayor said, we have a multi-jurisdictional effort underway to bring this individual to justice and ensure that we remove him from the street. Everyone consider him still armed and presenting a danger to whatever community he may find himself in at this time. Chief, how did this start? I mean, what, what, what preceded the shot? You know, we're just hours into this investigation. So investigators are behind us in the buildings, uh, talking to witnesses, processing the scene as we speak. Uh, the clarity that I think that we would want to know as a city, and as a society, we just don't have at this particular moment, but we'll provide it as soon as we, Chief, we have it. Chief, were the victims Were they employees of Northside Hospital? What? That is still being worked through. Uh, we don't, uh, we weren't in a position this time to say whether they're patients or whether they're employees or both. We believe the vehicle has been recovered. That is correct. Chief, can you confirm that the shooter's mother is one of the victims? 
Uh, right now, the shooter's mother was not injured in this uh, in, in this incident. This is the information we have. Any idea whether this was targeted? You know, you said all five victims were women. Is it? Targeted? We just don't know. It is still too soon to know uh, why these individuals were chosen. Can you confirm that? The, can you, Chief? Can you confirm that the suspect's mother is talking to you? The family is being cooperative with us uh, and as other witnesses as well at the scene. Have they shared anything about his mental health? Nothing that we can reveal at this time. Any priors with law enforcement? There has been minimal contact with the Atlanta Police Department from this individual. I can, I can report that. Where was the vehicle found? I can't get that out right now. No. Can, you can you tell us at all about people calling in and giving tips and what that's been like so far? Because obviously you pushed the image out early. What has that been like so far with people helping? You know, we can. Yes. It, it, the, thank, thank you, Mayor. The mayor has been watching this. Uh, manhunt unfold at our command post and he is very aware uh, that cameras across the city have been instrumental uh, in us tracking this individual. He's very aware that as we get information that's called in by citizens, we're able to use the camera network uh, to quickly go to that location even before officers arrive. So it's helpful and we ask citizens to continue to do that. It's calling. And that $10,000 reward, uh, are you guys hoping that people will be a little more active in terms of calling 911 and getting out some money? We, we know it will be helpful but I can tell you the civic-minded citizens of the city are already responding uh, and even without Without that uh, request for a reward, they're already having calls that's coming in. Where are the medical signs used? We don't have that specific yet. It was it was on an upper level, I believe, the 11th floor of the uh, the building. What did the Sheriff's White House say about this? Chief, you mentioned that the vehicle had been recovered. Is that the only vehicle that is suspected to be involved in this incident, or are there others? We're hearing from um, hospital workers that there was another car that may have been involved prior to the one that was recovered. In any vehicle that we're confident in connecting to this crime, we've already released. As that changes, we may provide other vehicle was information, vehicle and we'll do that as quickly as we can. Was the vehicle carjacked in the garage? It was not. So right now the gun is not in the possession of law enforcement and we're actively looking for the gun as we are the end of the What does the White House say? What does the White House say? The, the White House just offered up their support and wanted to know if, if anything they could do to help uh, in this situation. And the White House is uh, constantly in contact with my office to, you know, offer us support and see if they if we need anything. Chief, the challenge of the challenge of the initial response. Chief, the challenge of the initial response is Midtown. Uh, you're, you're in a high population density here. Buildings have to be searched. What was it like initially for the shot? Yeah, I, th I think the citizens of Atlanta saw their police department and our partner agencies in action. Uh, we went into that building and cleared every single floor. Uh, even in when information came about that the uh, subject could have left, we were still searching for victims. Uh, we were assisting citizens out of the building that had taken shelter. And I do want to thank everyone in Midtown that honored the shelter-in-place request for their patience to allow us to do our job. This is an urban environment, so it does present challenges, but it's challenges that you saw a collective, robust response from law enforcement. But the camera network that's in this location was very helpful and did assist in the investigation. Chief, were there hundreds of people in the building? How many people were? Won't be able to give that information. The shooting captured on surveillance video inside the Won't be able to give that at this time. Can you thank you, everybody. like to have Atlanta be the latest city in America touched by this kind of gun violence? I will, I will say this. We have, the, our public affairs unit has been pushing out quick information to you all. We will continue to do that. Follow our social media platforms and be in contact with our website as soon as we have an updated information, be it vehicles, a new clothing description, uh, you all will have it, and the citizens of this city will have it. Thank okay. you, Thank everybody. you all. Thank you, Thank you Chief. Thank you. At a press conference earlier this afternoon, in fact, uh, around 3.40 p.m. with Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens and Atlanta Police Chief Darren Shearbaum. So to revisit, it was a little afternoon today that the suspect, 24-year-old Dion Patterson, allegedly opened fire 
inside Northside Hospital around the 11th floor, on the 11th floor. Five women shot, one fatally shot. The victim, the deceased anyway, a 39-year-old female, another 39-year-old female shot, another 25-year-old female shot, 71-year-old female, and I forgot the age of the fourth shooting victim. The four who are still alive were taken to Grady Hospital, where they are still being treated, and it's my understanding still in critical condition at this hour. As you heard Chief Shearbaum mention earlier, there is the belief that a carjacking took place not in the parking deck at Northside Hospital, but nearby where a vehicle was stolen, and the search seems to be centered on areas of Cobb County. I'm going to uh, speak to a friend of mine who will tell us exactly how local police there are informing residents and even modern technology coming into play. So stand by for that. We'll get to that in just a few minutes on The Ron Show on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com. You can follow along with the show on social media, at Ron Show ATL on Twitter, The Ron Show Radio on Facebook, and of course, listen to the show any way you'd like via the podcast platforms of your choice. We've got those links for you at ronshowatl.com. Back after this. Follow The Ron Show on Twitter at ronshowatl. The Ron Show on America One Radio. We're on with Donnell Suggs from the Atlanta Voice, editor-in-chief at the uh, Atlanta Voice. Donnell, thanks for uh, giving me a, a few minutes of your time. You've been on the scene in Midtown uh, most of the day, so kind of c- catch us up where we are at this point. And we are talking, just to let our audience know, since we're on 5 to 6 p.m., we're talking about an hour before this goes to air. So what is the latest as of 4.18 p.m. Eastern? As of, I literally just left the scene 30 seconds ago. Uh, if you're leaving work at 5, try to avoid Spring Street and 10th. And between 10th and 13th, the traffic is terrible, obviously. Mm. A young man by the name of Dion Patterson, D-E-I-O-N Patterson, 24 years old, went to, I'm going right through my notes while we speak, Northside Family Medical and Urgent Care Center in Midtown. Mm-hmm. And, and for some odd reason, shot five people. One of them is dead. It's a 39-year-old female. We had that confirmed by police chief, uh, APD Police Chief Sherbaum. Mm-hmm. 39-year-old female is dead, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And there are four other women. All women, obviously, this is an urgent care. This is a women's center. All women were shot. Four injured, one dead as of right now. Uh, he is allegedly in Cobb County now. He's made his way that way. He carjacked the car. That's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. And and now we, we're, we're hearing from a couple of sources I have up there in Cobb County that it's over by the battery that they think that's where he is. Mm. This is all... I mean, as of, right on the minute. So it, things can change. But Dion Patterson, black male, 39 years old. I'm sorry, 24 years old, killed a 39-year-old woman and shot four other people. We still don't know why. We just still don't know what his connection is. But you can go to AtlantaVoice.com for more. I'm, I'm heading home now to start writing our story and keep on updating it with my sources. Yeah, I imagine you guys have been pretty busy on social media keeping everybody up Absolutely. to date. That, that's how I caught you out there. Uh, so... Yeah. Obviously, they lifted the the lockdown for Midtown around three o'clock, right? Yes, sir. What he had left the scene allegedly had left the scene with that carjacked car, so he he no longer was a threat to people in Midtown. Do they have any idea how long that took place? How long it was from the carjacking to the lifting of the lockdown? Chief Sherbaum, uh, uh, the mayor came out. He kind of did his mayor thing. The Chief Sherbaum came out <laughs> and gave us a little bit more detail, right? As far as uh, the police presence and what have you. This didn't take very long. According to Sherbaum and according to a lot of the reporting we're doing, this from start to finish was like a 20-minute thing. And everything else, the last couple hours has been who did it, why, and where is he? 
So this is a very quick thing. I don't again. I don't know his connection to this women's center. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he came in there to shoot five people. Yeah. Um, but um, that's what he did, and it was a very short time from start to finish. And the last couple of hours has been basically trying to figure out where this guy is and pinpoint him. And again, I believe he's in Cobb County right now. I can tell you just because I have uh, a friend in uh, from from a softball league I play in uh, who lives in Smyrna that. Smyrna police were actively circling subdivisions uh, on loudspeakers, asking people to stay in place. They got ring camera notifications as well. So uh, there seems to be some sort of a a consensus that he's in the Vining Smyrna area. Wow. Okay, here we go. They haven't identified any of the shooting victims, have they? Or if they're even Northside employees or or were patients or just guests? They've only told us they're women. And they gave the ages of a 39-year-old that, that was killed. Right. And I believe another one was 71, another mm-hmm. one was in the 60s, et cetera. Mm-hmm. No names, obviously, because we still need to notify family. And um, and, and you don't want to kind of get people's names out before the family finds out, God forbid. So, What was it like to be down there during a two-and-a-half-hour lockdown where, where the city streets are as quiet as they would be like on a Sunday morning at 6 a.m.? I mean, it, it brings me back... Uh, so I, I started my career in New York and not to ever compare the two, not to ever compare the two, right. but nine 11 was like that where a busy midtown Manhattan became a ghost town, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And this was like that, but I, I've been in Atlanta as a reporter for 17 years mm-hmm. and I've never seen Atlanta that way in the middle of the day. Yeah. And midtown, as you well know, is always busy, always buzzing with cars, this, that, and third people coming back and forth to lunch. And then right around 110 West Peace Street, it was just like, no activity at all, unless it's blue lights and police tape. So it was very eerie. Um, Atlanta has not been the victim of mass shooting often, if ever. Mm. Um, so it's 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 we haven't had a chance to cover that, thankfully. Mm. And um, today is um, an odd day for a reporter. It's like, whoa, can't believe we're covering this here, even though it has become the norm in America, unfortunately. Right. But not but not here in Atlanta. Donnell Suggs joining us from the Atlanta Voice. He's the editor-in-chief and uh, reporter on the scene today during the lockdown after a mass shooting in Midtown. Donnell, were you here for the Brian Nichols uh, shooting and, and manhunt that happened? I just moved here. Ah. I just moved here. I was working for the Atlanta Daily World. I was not covering news then, uh-huh. but I was on the street, and I remember how it felt downtown Atlanta, and I was going to bring that up, too. When Nichols, it's like everything everything was gone. Everybody was just gone. But downtown gets quiet after 4 or 5 o'clock anyway. Right. Midtown never really does until around 6 or 7. So it was eerie to see Midtown like that at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 o'clock. Mm. But yeah, Nichols is another one where it it just feel, it felt eerie. Like you had to be there. Yeah. Mm. Donnell Suggs from the Atlanta Voice. Both good follows on Twitter, by the way, if you want to stay in touch with what's going on in uh, in town Atlanta. I appreciate you giving me the time to talk today on the American One Radio app and AmericanOneRadio.com. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. As Donnell mentioned, I did as well. The search seems to have taken its focus off of Midtown, Atlantic Station, areas of Atlanta. Now we're getting information from the Cobb County Police Department via social media that they are on the lookout for a suspected shooter. Cobb officers continue the search in Vinings, Cumberland, Truist Park areas and have released the same mugshot that everyone else has seen on social media at some point in time earlier in the day. As a matter of fact, the Atlanta Voice tweeting that there is a confirmed police presence along Cumberland Parkway, Cobb Gallery at Smyrna, Campbell Middle School, and the Battery. We'd heard about the Campbell Middle School 
police presence probably since about 3.30 this afternoon. Again, a reminder, if you're listening to this on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, you are listening between 5 and 6 p.m. However, this show is pre-recorded. As I speak to you now, it is 4.30. As the show continues to roll on, of course, you'll still be getting this in a delayed fashion, but if any news changes between now and end of show, I will update you as the show wraps. Reverend Senator Raphael Warnock gave a floor speech earlier today, and he details just how close to home today's incident even hits for him. We will have that for you after the news break. We'll also talk, um, in fact, I'm efforting this right now to get a hold of a friend of mine who lives in the Vining Smyrna area who told us earlier on social media that they had cops in his subdivision on a loudspeaker telling folks to shelter in place. He's getting ring notifications. Uh, we'll check in with him and see what things are like there and if folks are actually heeding advice or does he does he see kids in the sidewalk, this, that, and the other. So we'll talk with uh, my friend about that in just a little bit. Again, uh, a momentous day. Police in at least two counties so far in Metro Atlanta on the search for 24-year-old Dion Patterson, about a six-foot African-American male who allegedly killed one woman, shot four others in a Northside women's hospital facility earlier today in Midtown Atlanta. Back after this. Archived audio, blogs, social media links, and more all in one place. Log on at ronshowatl.com. The Ron Show on America One Radio. Welcome back. We're on the back half of today's episode, which is focusing solely on the mass shooting. I say mass shooting. That's a term I, th- I got to thinking about on the, on the drive back today. By the way, uh, as, a, as, as this shooting took place, multiple victims in Midtown Atlanta at a Northside uh, women's facility uh, where the alleged gunman, 24-year-old Dion Patterson, opened fire on five women, one deceased at the age of 39, another 39-year-old female, a 25-year-old female, 71-year-old, and I believe another woman in her... 50s, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Darren Sheerbaum from APD giving us those details earlier in a press conference around 345. Uh, just to let you know, obviously this show is pre-recorded, and you are hearing uh, me record this about 45 minutes before it will air. So if anything else comes up, uh, breaking news, if there's been an apprehension and uh, if someone is in custody, we will of course break in and let you know. I was driving back from McDonough and was thinking about this. Is this a mass shooting? And I believe the law enforcement jargon is if it's more than four, it's a mass shooting. Five doesn't, mass is a lot. You know what I mean? This is a, a multiple person shooting, and maybe that's something we could quibble about. And, and I know that there are folks on the left who are looking to uh, more sturdily regulate guns, and that's a conversation we can certainly have when we've got someone who is obviously uh, dealing with a mental health uh, issue as uh, Patterson allegedly has been having access to guns in the first place. But I, I, I don't know. That was just kind of something that crossed my mind as I was driving back from McDonough today. And I had texts all from throughout the country. Are you okay? And it's hard to explain to folks who don't live in Metro Atlanta. I was nowhere near this uh, today and uh, grateful for that, uh, obviously. But um, someone who did experience a, a close call, uh, with loved ones was Reverend Senator Raphael Warnock. I want to play for you a little bit of his statement earlier today on the Senate floor. Thank you so much. Madam President, I rise today in shock and sorrow 
and in grief for my home state. And if I am honest, I rise really with a deep sense of anger about what is happening in our country in the area of gun violence and death. I stood here in March of 2021 after a gunman went on a rampage across metro Atlanta and snatched eight precious souls. People with families and friends who love them dear. And here I am standing again, this time with the tragedy having occurred in Midtown Atlanta, right in my own backyard. And while this is still a developing situation, according to media reports, so far at least five people were shot, five, on a random afternoon. And there's been one fatality, the others taken to the hospital. I want to take a moment and thank law enforcement officials for keeping us as safe as they can. I want to thank them for their work trying to apprehend this individual. I'm also thankful for local media who are keeping all of us informed and I'm grateful for our first responders, the people in healthcare, the people on the front, front lines. We count on them every day to care for those who are injured, to respond to people in peril. And that's what makes this particular shooting ironic and deeply upsetting because it underscores the fact that none of us is safe no matter where we are. This happened in a medical facility where people are trying to find healing. And so I want to underscore that because there, there have been so many mass shootings, in fact, about one every day in this country this year, that tragically we act as if this is routine. We behave as if this is normal. It is not normal. It is not for us, right for us to live in a nation where nobody is safe no matter where they are. We're not safe in our schools. We're not safe in our workplaces. We're not safe at the grocery store. We're not safe at movie theaters. We're not safe at spas. We're not safe in our houses of worship. There is no sanctuary in the sanctuary. We're not safe at concerts. We're not safe at banks. We're not safe at parades. We're not safe in our own yards and in our own homes. And now today, we can add medical facilities to that list. And still we have done so very little in this building to respond. And in the American political square at large. And I, I think there's an unspoken assumption. 
I think that the unspoken assumption is that this can't happen to me. This won't happen to me. It won't happen to people that I love. But with a mass shooting every day, the truth is the chances are great. I shudder to say it, but but the, the truth is, in a real sense, is only a matter of time that this kind of tragedy comes knocking on your door. And then in a deeper sense, I think it's important for us to recognize that it's already happening to you. You may not be the victim of a mass shooting. You may not know anyone who's the victim of a mass shooting yet, but in a real sense, it is already happening to all of us. Dr. King was right. We are tied in a single garment of destiny, caught up in an inescapable network of mutuality. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. This is knocking on all of our doors. And I feel this this afternoon in a very real sense. I feel it in my bones because my own two children were on lockdown this afternoon. I have two small children and their schools were on lockdown responding to this tragedy. They're there, I'm here. Hoping and praying that they are safe. But the truth is none of us is safe As a pastor, I'm, I'm praying for those who are affected by this tragedy, but I hasten to say that thoughts and prayers are not enough. And in fact, in fact, it is a contradiction to say that you are thinking and praying and then do nothing. It, it, it is to make a mockery of prayer. It is to trivialize faith. We pray not only with our lips, we pray with our legs. We pray by taking action. And still there are those who want to convince us that this, that this is the cost of freedom. To them we have to say no. This ongoing slow-moving tragedy in our country. Mass shootings as routine is not the cost of freedom. It is the cost of blind obstinance, a refusal to change course even when the evidence suggests we must do something different. It is the cost of demagoguery, those who want to convince us that common sense gun reform is somehow a call to take everybody's guns. This is not the cost of freedom. Dare I say it, it is the cost of greed. Gun lobbyists willing to line their pockets even at the cost of our children. And so we must act.
I'm proud of the fact that we did, after 30 years, pass some gun safety legislation here last Congress. It was a significant piece of legislation, but obviously it's not enough. 87% or more of Americans believe that we ought to have universal background checks and still we can't get it. Think about that. In a country where everybody says we're divided, and there are deep divisions to be sure, there's disagreement on this issue to be sure, but in a country where there is 87% agreement on something, there's no movement mm. on it in Congress. Which means that that's a problem with our democracy. The people's voices have been squeezed out of their democracy and there is a growing chasm between what the people actually want and what they can get from their government. And we saw it in a stark and ugly way a few weeks ago when we had two brave young legislators stand up in Tennessee, three in fact, And the same legislature that refused to do anything on gun violence came down on them with all of their might and expelled them from the legislature. We have to stand up against these anti-democratic forces at work in our country. And we have to give the people their voices back. And if we refuse to act while our children are dying and in a moment when no one is safe, then shame on us. Shame on us if, if we allow this to happen and, and we do absolutely nothing. St. Augustine the African bishop of the early church said that hope has two beautiful daughters. He said they are both beautiful. Anger and courage. Anger with the way things are and courage to see that they do not remain as they are. I'm pleading, I'm begging all of my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to remember the covenant that we have with one another as an American people. Stand up in this defining moment and do everything we can to protect all of us and certainly all of our children. We owe it to the people who have sent us here. I know that there are those who will look at this moment and say, politically, do you really think we can get anything done here? They will ask if this is the time given the state of politics in our country right now. I respond with the words of Dr. King, who said that the time is always right to do what is right. And that time is right now. Madam President, I yield the floor.
That Reverend Senator Raphael Warnock from earlier today on the Senate floor in response to the multiple-person shooting in Midtown Atlanta, 24-year-old alleged shooter Dion Patterson at this moment still on the loose as we put this show together. It is 4.57 p.m. at recording time, obviously not as you're listening to it, from 5 to 6 p.m. on the America One radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com or on the podcast platform whenever you do check that out. Uh, Georgia House Democrats tweeting earlier today, our lives are continually shaken because of gun violence. There is chaos, terror, and uncertainty throughout Atlanta right now. Governor Kemp, how many more people have to die? How many lockdowns must we endure? We'll wait. Uh, Senator Jason Estevez from the Georgia uh, Senate said, it's past time for us to reform gun laws. Today's mass shooting in Atlanta was the unfortunate reminder we get on a daily basis somewhere in this country. Representative Dr. Michelle Al from the Georgia General Assembly also tweeting another mass shooting, this time close to home in many ways. In such moments, it's natural to feel angry or hopeless, but there are ways to help. For now, know we're experiencing a historically severe blood bank shortage. Please consider giving blood. She encourages folks to visit the Red Cross to do that. A reminder, by the way, Atlanta only has one level one trauma facility in the city of Atlanta, that is Grady Medical, where the victims went. We'll discuss the significance of that after the break. Welcome back to The Ron Show, not the show we had intended to have this Wednesday afternoon on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com. To uh, catch you up as uh, we put this show to bed, it's a little bit after 5 o'clock. Obviously, you're hearing it closer to 6 o'clock. Uh, you're probably about uh, 7, 8 minutes shy of the 6 p.m. hour. As of this recording time, we still do not have an apprehension of the alleged gunman who took the life of one 39-year-old female, seriously wounding four others that were taken to Grady Hospital from nearby Northside Hospital, a women's clinic in Midtown Atlanta earlier today. The shooting's taking place sometime after noon. Uh... APD seems to indicate that a carjacking then took place. The 24-year-old alleged gunman, whose name is Dion Patterson, fled the scene in a stolen vehicle, and they believe at this point that he may be somewhere in the Cobb County area, Vinings, Smyrna, somewhere near Cumberland Mall, the Battery. A friend of mine is a resident in Smyrna, lives in a subdivision, actually a couple, three miles from the Battery and says that Smyrna police are circling the streets uh, on loudspeaker, encouraging people to stay sheltered in place. Again, this all happening up there, that word getting to us uh, around 3.45, 4 o'clock, when APD and uh, Chief Shearbon along, along with Mayor Andre Dickens, gave an impromptu press conference. Again, as of recording time for this show, the 24-year-old alleged gunman, Dion Patterson, had not been apprehended. A tweet I saw earlier today actually brought something up that I hadn't really considered until I saw the tweet. Uh, Kenya Hunter, a reporter with Capital B Atlanta, that is uh, atlanta.capitalbnews.org, her tweet, a little frightening, said, all five Midtown Atlanta shooting victims were taken to Grady Memorial Hospital. Right now, the Georgia Coordinating Center says Grady's ER is, quote, severely overcrowded and on medical diversion. She asks in this tweet, is the city's only level one trauma center prepared for mass shootings? 
Now, in an earlier press conference that I was listening to, I want to say it was GPB. It may have been WSBAM, uh, uh, 95.5 FM. Uh, Grady spokesperson, or maybe it was a doctor, uh, a Grady spokesperson said that they were prepared to take up to 12 shooting victims if needed. Fortunately, only four arrived. Let me repeat that. And I'm not misstating this. I know this for a fact. I took notes. Grady said they were prepared to take up to 12 shooting victims. Fortunately, only four beds were necessary. If this had been Covenant school shooting in Nashville, Grady would have been unable to handle them all. If this had been Uvalde, Sandy Hook, Grady would have been incapable of handling all the victims. Atlanta has only one level one trauma facility right now, and it is a top 10 metropolitan area by population in these United States. After the closing of the Wellstar Atlanta Medical Center on Boulevard in Old Fourth Ward, Atlanta only has one level one trauma facility now inside its city limits. That's frightening. I'm going to read for you a little bit of Kenya's article uh, as she wrote it in October of 2022 on the precipice of Wellstar closing. Grady is the state's safety net hospital, which means legally it can't turn patients away for any type of treatment, including non-urgent care. According to a fact sheet from Grady, the majority of its patient population uses either Medicare or Medicaid or is uninsured. According to the Georgia Coordinating Center, an online tracking tool for EMS and hospital personnel, Grady's emergency department was recently listed as, quote, severely overcrowded and on medical diversion, which means it could no longer accept ambulance traffic. I'll share this article in today's show notes and at Ron Show ATL on Twitter as well. Uh, Kenya Hunter's article wraps with a quote from John Halpert, who is the Grady Health System CEO and president. He said that the hospital can absorb all the trauma, quote, absorb all the trauma from Atlanta Medical Center, but warned that... The $130 million for additional beds from the state of Georgia plus $22 million from DeKalb and Fulton counties is not enough. He said, we then have to be also focused on how we operate them and the cost to operate them. He told that to WSB Television. He added, we need significantly more than that $22 million to make sure we can properly staff and fund and operate those beds. Before we go, one tweet from Representative Terry Anulowitz, who uh, represents the district where the alleged shooter left a stolen car in Cobb County. She tweeted, this is the email I received from my children's school this afternoon. I'll read this real quick. Campbell High School family, code yellow today. This afternoon, due to direct police communication with the district, which indicated a suspect involved in criminal activity in Atlanta was in the Smyrna area, we initiated a code yellow Upon investigation by multiple law enforcement agencies, which determined the suspect's vehicle was not in the area of our campus, our school returned to code green in normal school operations. There was no direct threat to our students, staff, or campus. She went on to say, we need common sense gun reform in Georgia. This is Representative Nullowitz speaking, not the school rep. She said, we need common sense gun reform in Georgia, and we need it now. 
It's what the majority of Georgians, including work-a-day Republicans, overwhelmingly want. Sort of echoing what Senator, Reverend Senator Raphael Warnock said on the Senate floor earlier today. Again, as of recording time for today's show, and it is uh, 5.15 p.m. as I wrap, and obviously closer to 6 p.m. as the show ends, the suspect, the 24-year-old alleged gunman, Dion Patterson, has not been apprehended. We will keep you posted on that if you follow us on Twitter, at RonShowATL. Back tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. here on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com.